Alright, what the fuck? <clears throat> Let's just cut to the chase. What the fuck happened this week? Um, Dynamite specifically, but... It's been- it's a weird week. It's been a weird fucking week. Alright. Um. But yeah, what the fuck? Um. Welcome to episode 27. Now we're almost at the 30 mark of episodes of the High Wrestling Podcast. Um. Coming up on a full year. Actually went and looked up the actual date. So, the official one-year birthday of the podcast is September 9th, which I believe was after All Out last year. I don't know if it was the exact same day last year or if it was a little bit after, but September 9th is officially the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Um coming up on it here soon um i didn't really have anything planned for the year anniversary i was hoping to have like merch and stuff ready but with the type of person i am i'm terrible with like planning and gifts and surprises and all of that so Like I said before, merch is on the way, and I mean literally on the way. Like, something shipped recently. I don't know if it was the t-shirts or the stickers, but stickers are coming and t-shirts are coming. I just want to see how the t-shirts fit before I set up, like, pre-orders or, like, an online store because I don't want to say it's, like, true to size and somebody orders a medium and it fits, like, a large and... It's copyright infringement and shit like that. I don't know. I've never run a store before. So I want to make sure I got all my shit straight before I put it out there. So merch is still on the way. It may be a little bit after the year anniversary. But we will be hopefully setting up pre-orders or some sort of online store for shirts around or near the year anniversary so there's that um unrelated but i burnt my finger in the most in the most me way i can say i don't know if anybody else has done this but it's the first time i burned myself in this way but um the dishwasher There's a part in the dishwasher that gets hot. And I didn't think of that because, you know, when you're running a dishwasher, you don't consider how hot the dishwasher gets. And so the cycle had just finished and I opened the dishwasher to grab a clean dish, obviously. And something fell in the dishwasher that didn't need to be in the dishwasher. And I accidentally brushed my finger. Like, it's the ring at the bottom of the dishwasher. I didn't know slash realize how hot that got, per se. So, uh, my finger's been burning for a good hot second here. 
So it's been a little, um, not stressful, but discomfort and annoyance. So I just had to address it. Um, and also something I want to revisit from last episode, you know, my issue with Xfinity and Impact Wrestling, it happened again. This time it got worse, worse, not worst. But it got worse. Um, Didn't even record Impact this past Thursday. Like, I I had the DVR set to record the series. I went to search the show. And it was like I had never recorded the series in the first place. And I feel like that was a sign. Because I really wasn't connecting with Impact Wrestling like I thought. Like, it was... All right, from what I saw, but in retrospect, it wasn't something I could see myself watching in the long term. And I mean, I'm still going to keep up with it in terms of like social media and shit, but as far as watching it, I don't want to stress myself out trying to record it and it doesn't even play. Because for those who have Xfinity understand the problem that sometimes when you record things and you press play, it says, sorry, we cannot play this program right now. You can either send it to the app or the web browser or whatever the fuck the message is. And I don't have access to either of those things. So I don't want to deal with that week after week. So... As much as the intention was there to watch Impact, we will not be watching it going forward due to the technical difficulties. But that doesn't mean I won't not keep up with it because I follow them on Twitter. So obviously I'm still going to keep up with it. We're just not going to discuss it like I expected. Um, Same with NXT too, because I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys. I cannot be bothered to learn any more new people than I am learning in both AEW and WWE. So the intention of me watching NXT, going down the same road as Impact. I cannot be bothered to learn any more new people, at least not right now. I need to readjust myself back into watching WWE before I jump into NXT because this is something I was going to get into later down the line, but I feel like, um, I feel I can give you like a brief, brief synopsis of where my brain was going. Um, the reason I don't want to watch NXT right now is because... What Triple H is doing on the main brand is very reminiscent to the black and gold era of WWE. And literally everyone who was considered a rookie in NXT is now 
making their way to the main roster, if not making their way back to WWE, and everyone who was a rookie on the main roster are now considered veterans. And it's something that has fucked me up for the last week, and I want to elaborate on that further. I don't want to unpack it fully as we're just getting started. But, um, yeah. So, in light of everything I just said, we will only be covering Raw... Smackdown, Dynamite, and Rampage, and briefly some um, New Japan, because I didn't watch the episode of New Japan that was in the DVR, but I did see that Okada won the G1 Climax, and that was pretty much the only thing I was going to touch on regarding New Japan, because I think I said, I think I pick, I feel like I picked Okada to win the G1 Climax, if I'm not mistaken. But the thing is, I hate hearing my own voice, so I refuse to go back and listen to an episode where I picked my winners for the G1 Climax. Absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Everything you get on these podcasts usually happen in one take, because I, I'm that person where I cannot go back and see or hear my old work like what you see is what you get because absolutely not it's my only reasoning but um one thing we are like not one thing what we are going to get into this week outside of raw smackdown dynamite and rampage um we're going to go into how I really feel about Britt Baker and Sammy Guevara in light of all that drama that's going on in AEW, which is part of the reason, or the only reason I started the episode saying, what the fuck, because what the fuck is going on? Um, going to go over my predictions for Clash at the Castle and All Out, and... Sadly, I will not be in town the weekend of Clash at the Castle and All Out. I will be at a wedding, so there will be no episode next week. I will spend next week, or the next two weeks, catching up on everything, because I'll be gone all next weekend, and then... I work throughout the week, so I won't really have time to sit down and record an episode with everything that I'll have to catch up with. So, give me like two and a half weeks, and we'll get a new episode. We'll cover All Out. We'll cover Clash at the Castle. I probably won't watch Clash at the Castle because I'm not as invested as Clash in... I'm not as invested in clash as at the castle as i am all out but we will still provide predictions and guesses in light of everything but um one thing i do want to say is that i'm fucking mind blown that we are living through all of this fucking wrestling right now like Everything that everyone is providing us, even the chaos that is AEW, the wrestling and the storylines and the characters, everything about 
wrestling that we are living through right now is fucking mind-blowing. And I had a little moment of nostalgia because I've been watching wrestling since I was like 12, 13 years old. I literally feel like Paul Rudd on Hot Ones where he was like, hey, look at us. Who would have thought, you know, like that it's just it's mind blowing to me. It's mind boggling to me. It's fucking crazy. But um, some in case you missed it updates in regards to the podcast, because I think I briefly touched on it last week, but we have expanded platforms because initially you were able to just listen on Anchor and Spotify, but we have expanded from Anchor and Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or Amazon Podcasts, and there was one more, Apple Podcasts. I think I said Apple already. Hold on. Hold on. What is all of the availability? I am terrible. Okay, so Amazon, Google, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. Those are the platforms you can listen to the podcast on now. You can also contribute monthly donations of a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars now. And I am now... At the point where I have unlocked ads. So if you go back and listen to any old episodes, there are now ads because we are now gaining ad revenue. So that's a beautiful thing. I told you, I think I said it early on in the beginning of the podcast treat every small win as if it's a big win because you never know where you'll end up i never thought that i would make it to 27 episodes let alone a year doing this podcast because i'm terrible at following through and seeing things through to the long term but being high and watching wrestling are two things that i love the most enough that i'm willing to be consistent To sit down, get violently high, and shoot the shit about wrestling. And it's a beautiful thing. And also, another update, because I found out tonight. In the midst of this, I found out you can do, like, voice messages and voice calls. So, once I set it up, probably by the next episode, it'll be set up. But, once I set it up... I believe you guys, again, I just found out within recording this episode because it was something that popped up. It was a new tab that popped up that I had never seen before. But, um, yeah, voice messages. Once I get it set up, I believe people can call in and ask questions or, like, just give their own opinions and shit. So, that'll be a thing. Most likely by the next episode, do I'll probably share it on the social media. So I would follow the Instagram and the Twitter. I literally have a link tree where all the links are there at once because I don't want to give the whole spiel of like follow me on this, subscribe to me on this, even though I just did technically. But like, there's an all-in-one link where you can find 
everything about the podcast. It's there in the Anchor bio, or the Anchor website, the Twitter bio, the Instagram bio. You see, I don't... That's why I have the the link tree. So it's all there at once, so I don't have to do that. But I did it anyway, because it's the first time I ever mentioned it, I realized. Um... But yeah, let's just get into the wrestling of it all, because this was a longer intro than I expected. Um, also, sorry, not sorry for the ads, but you know, that ad revenue is going to come in clutch when it comes to me actually getting to go to wrestling shows to cover them on the podcast. So, little by little, baby steps, alright? Let's get into it. So, the beautiful thing about Anchor is that you can edit the podcast while you're recording it. So, the ad was at the beginning of the episode, and not after my little transition sound, like I thought. So, shout out to being high and dealing with this every week. That's not to shade Anchor, it's just me being high and doing this every week is still... A wild combination. But shout out to Anchor, honestly, for truly making this shit so fucking easy. Like, I thought that doing a podcast was going to be so hard, but Anchor has made it so easy from episode one. I'm, like, no joke. I guess you can say this is paid promotion now since we're getting ad revenue, but, like, honestly... If you're like me and you want to start a podcast on a whim or you just need a platform, Anchor is 10 out of 10 so far. Like, I have no complaints about Anchor. So, shout out to Anchor for, you know, being a solid platform for podcasters. But, um, yeah, let's get into the wrestling of it all. Um, but before I do... I did want to share my stage diving story just for the hell of it because I saw a photo of Brody King, Ali Catch, and Effie at the Lady Gaga concert and somebody replied to the tweet of the picture of the three of them with Brody King stage diving at I believe it was the Sound and Fury Festival with his band God's Hate. In case you missed it, we listened to God's Hate on air last week, and I actually did not hate it. Um, it's not something I would listen to on the everyday, but I actually did not hate it. Like, no complaints on my end. But, um, yeah, no, so I wanted to share my stage diving story. It's not like an extravagant story, but, um, one of my favorite concerts of all time that I have been to was Turnstile, Angel Dust, Culture Abuse, Big Bite, and Locke at the Oakland Metro back in, like, like, 20... Was that 2014? I don't remember, but it was... It was one of my favorite concerts, and... I was just watching everybody stage dive, and I was like, fuck it, let me just get up there and stage dive, and... It hurts realistically it hurts like you people will catch you like you absolutely the fear of being dropped 
don't have to worry about it because people will catch you. But when you stage dive into the middle of a fucking mosh pit, odds of being caught, not that fun. I did lose my shoe, and it was a very fun night in retrospect. Like, if anything that I'm proud of, like, not to sound pretentious or anything, but, like, if there's anything that I'm most proud of in my life, it's that I spent my high school years and college years going to concerts more than I did going to, like, parties and shit, because... Based off the podcast, you can tell that I smoke weed every fucking day. Drinking, not so much a fan of drinking and being at the club. Like, if it's a special event, if it's somebody's birthday, if it's a wedding, I will drink. Because it's a celebration. But to just go out and do it for the hell of it, I, I can't. It's not that fun, you know? But, um... Anyway, yeah, that was just my stage diving experience. I wouldn't do it now at my age because I went to two concerts this past year. And being out past 10 p.m., I'm only 25, but like being out past 10 p.m. at my age, God, no. Especially because... I just got a 20-pound weighted blanket. I really don't want to go anywhere now. So, the story of my weighted blanket, actually. I bought a 15-pound one first, and it wasn't heavy enough for me, so I just kind of, like, kicked it to the side. And then, I just now got the 20-pound one yesterday. But last night, while I was high... I was like, why the fuck don't I sleep with both and make it 35 pounds? And let me tell you, 35 pounds of weighted blanket hit kind of different. Alright, it really hit different. So, if if you're looking for a platform for your podcast, I definitely recommend Anchor. And if you're someone like me who's got insomnia ADHD, PTSD, anxiety, and you need a weighted blanket, absolutely, right there, 100%. Definitely recommend a weighted blanket. Like I said, we keep it real on this podcast. I'm not ashamed to admit I got mental illness. Like, I gotta take a little yellow pill before I go to bed at night, because life, life be rough. And, you know, I got the entire alphabet of mental illness going on up here. But that's why I have this podcast. Because the one thing that has saved my life or, like, kept me alive is wrestling. So, I'm grateful to have wrestling and weed to curb the anxiety and the rest of the mental illness alphabet. But, yeah. I sound like I'm about to cry because I can't fucking breathe. We're going to take a water break real quick. Alright, so let's get into Clash at the Castle predictions, which honestly, I feel like I have just been thrown into the line of fire when it comes to um, 
Clash at the Castle because I literally just started watching WWE again a week ago. And uh, we're already on a pay-per-view, so I'm like, fuck. I'm typing. I have my phone instead of my laptop because I just didn't feel like putting the whole setup together. Um, fuck. Not predictions. I need the, uh. Is this the first, like, Clash at the Castle? I've never seen this happen before. Like, ever. This has got to be the first. Alright, matches. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Drew McIntyre. I'm probably very... I'm probably too high and this is not going to come out right because I don't remember it. Even though I, I literally just watched SmackDown and Rampage, so I probably don't remember this right. But... Would it make sense to have Roman lose after they have his two-year championship celebration? Or does it make abs- Oh, no, it actually makes- Both outcomes make the most sense. So, like, with that one, I'm open to it. Because I do love Drew McIntyre as champion. And I do love Roman Reigns as champion. And I really did not realize Roman Reigns had been champion for two years straight, which I personally feel was well-deserved considering he was out with a fucking life-threatening disease. So I I, I have nothing negative to say about Roman's title reign because leukemia cost him of his title reign back whenever that happened, whenever he had to... God, that feels like it was forever ago now that I'm thinking about it in 2022. But in retrospect to that, I just personally believe this title reign is deserved because of the time that he missed. But I don't know. I feel like that, that match is something that could really go either way. It could really go either way. Um, Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. Um, I really don't like how they've been presenting Liv Morgan as champion. Like, I'm really glad they gave her her moment where she won the money in the bank. And she cashed in. And she pinned Ronda for the title. But since then, they're kind of been, like, really booking her as, like, super weak. And I thought that they initially were booking Liv Morgan as super weak. To kind of like, you know, what what is it? Like the fake out, you know? I, I can't think of the exact word. What I thought they were like making her seem like a weak champion is kind of like a fake out. Like one day. Like where I think or hope they're going with Liv Morgan's storyline is that they're going to continue to present her as like a weak champion until she finally snaps because you know how her slogan is always watch me right like just I feel like it's a thing where we just have to keep watching because one day she's gonna come across the opponent that's gonna make her snap and she's gonna come out as like a strong ass champion that could just me that could just be me being hopeful but realistically, I feel like 
Shayna Baszler might take the title from Liv Morgan, but I feel like Liv may have like another moment where she quotation marks steals a win like she did with Ronda like I definitely feel like the outcome of Liv and Shayna is essentially just going to be the same outcome as Ronda and Liv from was that SummerSlam was SummerSlam the last pay-per-view or am I tripping because I don't think I really watched since SummerSlam no, SummerSlam was the last thing I watched. So I feel like it's going to be like a... It's going to be a Ronda and Liv round two electric boogaloo, but this time with Shayna Baszler in Ronda's spot. Um, Six-woman tag team match. I'm assuming this is unrelated to the women's tag team tournament. I, I think it is, but, like, I really feel, like, as much as I want the faces to win, they're gonna have Bailey, Dakota, and Aya win. Like, if we're, if we're being realistic, if I remember correctly, the women's tag team title tournament ends, okay, hear me out, this is live high tangent coming to you straight okay if I remember correctly the women's tag team title tournament ends on Monday Night Raw because we're already at the finals I don't really remember 100% because stoner brain but if I'm not mistaken it does end on Monday right Absolutely, Io Sky and Dakota Kai are going to win the women's tag team titles. Tell me how that wouldn't set up Sasha and Naomi's return, if not having Io Sky and Dakota Kai walking into Clash at the Castle as women's tag team titles and have that six women tag team match set up Sasha and Naomi's return because I feel like with Triple H in charge Sasha and Naomi may come back but I don't want to say that it's inevitable you know because Triple H can't be the sole driving force for them to come back like I feel like realistically Triple H on top of if the money's right as well too because it is a business you gotta be realistic but either one of those outcomes I feel might happen because you gotta do something while Charlotte and Becky are out because Charlotte and Becky are like the top dogs of the WWE women's division and you just had Bailey come back too. You gotta have something to fill the void of Becky and Charlotte being gone. Sasha Naomi, especially after everything. Like, as much as I don't wanna like don't wanna dismiss or say that 
them walking out was invalid just because Triple H is in charge, but, like, we can't, you do kind of gotta consider the fact that Charlotte and Becky are out right now. So, what else can you do besides, like, drop the ball on Sasha Naomi's return? It's like nothing else they can really do. Because their women's division is still kind of embarrassing. But they're trying. A little embarrassing, but they're trying. And I'm giving them that. Um, Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. I don't care. I'm going with Seth Rollins. Um, Gunther versus Sheamus. I have just been introduced to this feud, so I, again, don't really care. But, if anything, Gunther is giving me young Vladimir Kozlov vibes, but I don't think... Well, Austria... Austria and Russia are two different places, but I don't even remember. Is Vladimir Kozlov even from Russia? I don't want to sound ignorant, so let me look this up. <coughs> okay, so he's Ukrainian. But, in terms of, like, not nationality or, like, country of origin, but, like, demeanor in the way that they present themselves. There are similarities between Gunther and Vladimir Kozlov. And I feel like I only said that Vladimir Kozlov was Russian was because of, like, his gimmick when he was aligned with William Regal and Ezekiel Jackson and ECW, like, if th- that's a deep, deep cut right there. That's a deep-ass cut right there. But, anyways. Yeah. Um, but for that match, I realized I didn't even give my answer. Um, I don't think, I feel like they're gonna, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, because I'm, like, both times I tried to say that, I had, like, the the fucking family feud buzzer when you get the answer wrong. But, I feel like Gunther as Intercontinental Champion is going to mirror his reign as NXT UK Champion. Because wasn't he one of the- I didn't really watch NXT UK. But I think he was one of the longest reigning NXT UK champions. So I feel as if that's going to be mirrored with his Intercontinental Championship reign. Um, but yeah. So now, the all-out predictions. So it's TBD, TBD for the World Trios Championship, and I would like to say that in terms of the Trios Championship, I'm getting way ahead of myself with these all-out predictions, but the Trios Tournament 
did not go how I expected. Like, I am actually mind-blown because I really thought that it was going to be House of Black and the Elite in the finals. But if we get Best Friends versus the Elite in the finals, oh no, we're going to get Dark Order versus the Elite in the finals, especially if... For storytelling, we're probably going to get Dark Order versus the Elite in the finals. As much as I want to see Best Friends and the Elite in the finals. But um, we'll we'll unpack that when I get to the recaps. Because right now we're doing predictions. But can't, like, just the too long didn't read version. Kenny lost the titles to Hangman. Well, not the titles. But Kenny lost the title to Hangman before he left from injury he just came back from injury why wouldn't dark order in the elite go at it for the finals of the trio tournament but we'll we'll get we'll get there um remember last week when i said that i wanted to see ftr i don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago but i know within the past three weeks at maximum i said that i wanted to see ftr and the motor city machine guns as a dream match i don't care if it's a trios match but i'm fuck i'm fucking get it getting it one thing I am upset about is the fact that I'm getting my dream tag team match before I get my dream TBS championship match, but that's fine. That's fine. You could have give Tony Khan could have very well given us Jade Cargill versus Chris Statlander before Chris got injured, but you know what he never did? That. As much as I love seeing a dream match of mine come to life. It doesn't take away from the fact that we have been robbed of Jade Cargill versus Chris Statlander for I don't know how many years. AEW started in 2019. What are we on year three or four now? Four years removed of AEW's inception and we haven't gotten Jade Cargill versus Chris Statlander. Are you fucking kidding me? I was being polite in the past. But now I'm just pissed. If if Chris Statlander's first match back from injury is not against Jade Cargill, I swear to fucking God, Tony Khan. Jesus Christ. But anyways. Wardlow and FTR versus Jade Lethal and Motor City Machine Guns. As, as much as I would love to see FTR and Motor City Machine Guns without Wardlow and Jay Lethal. It's a situation where beggars can't be choosers. And let me tell you, the fact that I freaked out and actually audibly screamed when I saw that Motor City Machine Guns were going to be Jay Lethal's partners versus the fact that I was completely dead-ass silent versus the undisputed... AEW World Championship match. Like. That that speaks volumes. But I know what they're doing with that. We'll get there. Um, I feel like Jay Lethal is going to find a way to cheat to win. As much as I would love Wardlow and FTR to win. Because those are my boys. Jay Lethal is going to find a way to cheat to win. 
but in the fact that FTR and Motor City Machine Guns are both in the building, I don't care who wins, because that can go either way. I'm just going to watch the match and pretend that Wardlow and Jay Lethal aren't there. But my my pick is Wardlow and FTR. Realistically, Jay Lethal is going to find a way to cheat to win. Tony Storm and Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. Now, everything about Thunder Rosa being injured and, like, her injury announcement is sus as fuck. And I don't doubt that she's injured. Like, if somebody has an injury announcement, like, I don't doubt that for a second. Because what the fuck they do in the ring every week? Shit. You get injured, I don't doubt it. Fuck that shit. Like... I don't doubt that Thunder Rosa is injured for a second, but, like, it's just... What is very sus to me... And keep in mind, I don't read the dirt sheets, but... When you're on Twitter, all you really see... Are the dirt sheets. When you're go- Especially when you're going into fucking trending topics. You're tr- when you're just trying to see why somebody's trending... And you go into the trending topics and all you see is like dirt sheet this, dirt sheet that. But it's just very, very sus to me that Thunder Rosa announced her injury. Like it was already, okay. It was already sus to me how Thunder Rosa announced her injury. Because like when CM Punk had to relinquish the title, he had a whole ass segment in the ring. And they did the whole shebang, rolled out the red carpet for CM Punk. But you see how Thunder Rosa had to relinquish her title due to injury, a backstage segment where she could barely talk because she was crying the whole time. She could barely hold it together. So that's sus number one. Sus number two is that, like, immediately after Thunder Rosa got injured, all the dirt sheets literally started coming out with like the news that there's heat between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa and then Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and while I have been like laughing at the fucking memes and the retweets and shit the shit that I've been retweeting because that shit's funny as fuck like I've been laughing at the memes because the memes are funny as fuck because I'm like damn because for me This is exactly why I have the stance of I don't give a fuck about wrestlers' personal lives and why I try to stay oblivious to wrestlers' personal lives. Because when all this shit came out, I was like Troy in Community when he walked in with the pizzas and everything was on fire. And I'm just like, this is why I try to stay out of everybody's business and I just sit over here in my corner and recap shit. But, in light of what's going on, the only thing I'm going to say about Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara is that Eddie Kingston deserves a raise, a promotion, and employee of the month for whatever the fuck he did. Alright, cool. But, like, it's just sus to me that, like, as soon as Thunder Rosa announces her injury, all of that dirt sheet bullshit started coming out. Like that that's 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 a little weird. That's a little suspicious to me. 
And what I really wanted to say about Sammy Guevara and Britt Baker is that, like, I'm indifferent on both of them. Like, I've had indifferent stances on both of them. I feel like I've kind of, you can kind of sense the indifference, especially when I've talked about them in the past, but, like, in light of all this dirt sheet shit coming up, I, it, one thing that was, like, kind of inadvertently confirmed to me is that when everybody would do promos against Britt Baker or have segments with Britt Baker backstage, their reactions would seem, like, legitimate. Like, at first, I thought it was, like, all storyline, it was all fun and games, everybody was being dramatic. But then, like, when it came out that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker have had beef this whole time, thinking back to everybody's interactions with Britt Baker, like, on TV... That shit seemed kind of, gen- like, real. That shit seemed genuine. Like, it seemed like everybody really wanted to beat the shit out of Britt Baker. No joke. And I don't say shit about Britt Baker because, like... Again, to be a dentist and a wrestler, like... She's making bank. I can't say shit about her. Because she's making money. But... It's shit you start to notice after the fact. Like, I, I try to stay oblivious because I don't really like to unpack the dirt sheet shit. But now that all of it is coming out, I'm starting to put two and two together. And I'm like, oh, it does make sense. Like, y- y- you, just start to, you just start to notice little things after the fact. And it's like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm the type of person where it's like, I peep it and I move on. Now that I've peeped it. I'm kind of moving on. Because, like, I really don't care for Britt Breaker. Like, her championship reign was not that memorable to me. If I'm being completely honest. Same with Sam. Like, what Britt Baker and Sammy Guevara have in common to me is that they're there, present in AEW, but neither of them are that memorable to me like when Britt Baker was AEW women's champion wasn't really that memorable to me when Sammy Guevara was TNT champion wasn't really memorable wasn't really that memorable to me that's not me saying they're bad wrestlers because granted everybody is different in the ring like I feel like I can give some critiques, but it's just like, who am I to say that a wrestler is bad when I've never attempted a wrestling move in my life, when I've never stepped in the ring in my life? Like, that's not, that's not why I sit here and do this podcast to say, oh, this person was bad this week. Oh, this person did terrible this week. I'm going to have my moments of realization after the fact, but that doesn't mean I'm a shit on the wrestler and what they're doing just because I realized it after the fact like just because Britt Baker and Sammy Guevara aren't that memorable to me doesn't mean they aren't shitty wrestlers everybody's entitled to their own opinion it's just me personally 
I don't remember them as characters, as champions. Like, they they really haven't even... Like, the only memorable thing I can recall about Britt Baker is her Lights Out match with Thunder Rosa. That's literally all I can tell you about Britt Baker. Sammy Guevara. The only thing I can really tell you about Sammy Guevara is... Jericho Appreciation Society Inner Circle He's married to Ty Mello Like that That's Those are the only memorable things about them Like If I didn't have the intrusive thought just now I would have never remembered that Britt Baker won the Owen Hart tournament Like you you see where I'm going with this? Like they're they're not bad people and they're not bad wrestlers. They're just not that memorable to me. So my mindset, which I feel like if the majority of the wrestling community had this mindset, everything would be less chaotic, is out of sight, out of mind. If it's not that memorable to me, I'm not gonna think about it. So you know, if we take the mindset of not only out of sight and out of mind but also applying deodorant the wrestling community can go really far and you know slowly but surely baby steps right little by little but yeah in light of that my predictions for the interim AEW Women's World Champion is Jamie Hayter because one circling back to Britt Baker as AEW Women's World Champion I've never not seen Britt Baker in the title picture like ever like I I know for a fact that Tony Storm is gonna win the title but if we could switch it up changed up and have Jamie Hayter become interim AEW um AEW world title AEW women's t- champion fuck how does this work how does this work if Jamie Hayter can win the four way and become interim AEW women's champion and turn on Britt Baker let's go that's a storyline and a feud that will hold us over until Thunder Rosa comes back. Like, please. Let's just, regardless if Jamie wins the title or not, we need to have her turn on Burt Baker. Because I would love to see Jamie Hayter now in the line of Powerhouse Hobbs or Ricky Starks. Or even the Gun Club separating from Billy Gunn. Like, Team Taz as a whole breaking up, even. Like, can we have the alliance of Brit, Rebel, and Jamie break up. Like, I want to see more singles action from Jamie Hayter. Like, let's go. Um, Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho is the match I'm most hyped for outside of John Moxley and CM Punk's rematch because that's what they're going to set up at Dynamite and or Rampage next week. You know it for a fact. Um... That can go either way. That's something that can actually go either way for me. 
just like Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed, I told you I started taking the Acclaimed seriously for a reason. That dumpster match turned the, like, the dumpster match did something. It changed the vibe for me in regards to taking the Acclaimed seriously. So, absolutely, Swerve in Our Glory is going to retain, but the fact that the Acclaimed are getting a tag team title shot in the first place, nice. Um, Christian Cage is going to find a way to cheat to win as much as I want Jungle Boy to win. Powerhouse Hobbs may come out on top with Ricky, may come out on top of Ricky Starks. Um, and Jade Cargill versus Athena. I briefly went into this on Twitter, but I feel like Athena is not the one to break Jade Cargill's streak. As much as I love to see her in AEW, I love to see this feud. I love to see where it's all going the only one allowed to break jade cargill's feud personally to me again is chris statlander i don't think that jade cargill should drop the title just yet it's it's not time for jade to drop the title because we need chris statlander to come back from injury Yeah, Chris Statlander is the only one that could really do it. So, yeah. But, again, the only thing New Japan I wanted to really talk about was the fact that Okada won the G1 Climax because, again, I think he was my pick to win. So, there is that. Can I tell you... I don't remember the last time I watched an episode of Monday Night Raw. Like, I'm pretty, like, from my memory, and my memory is so fucking shit, I definitely have watched Raw since Nickelback did the theme song, but I literally feel like I haven't watched an episode of Raw since Nickelback did the theme song. Like, I don't remember who did the Raw theme song in, like, 2016, 2017. I think it was still CFOs, but, like... It's been a minute since I watched an episode of Raw, and, like, I, I'm, I'm happy with what Triple H is doing, but I also have mixed reviews with what Triple H is doing, because it's it's still WWE at the end of the day, but I'm, I'm giving it a chance, you know? You can't not give it a chance. Like, there is definitely a difference with Vince being gone. But, you know, it's still WWE, so you never know. You never know. Um, As much as I love seeing Trish Stratus, I wanted to know why Lita never gets the same energy as Trish. Like, no shade to Trish, and I feel like me saying no shade to Trish is, like, all the shade, but if you really think about it, we see Trish Stratus a lot more often than we do see Lita. Like, Trish is treated and seen more as a Hall of Famer than Lita is. Like, Lita never really got her proper final match. Lita's come out of retirement just like Trish has come out of retirement, but, like, 
I don't want to say it in the way that it's going to come out, but I don't think Lita gets the same level of respect as Trish when it comes to, like, Hall of Fame or appearances. Because, like, when... I feel like every time Raw is in Toronto, Trish makes an appearance or there's an homage to Trish every single time. But, like, if Raw was in Lita's hometown or Raw was ever in wherever Lita lives now, you never really see her show up. Like, she, like, I get that she went for the Raw Women's title at Elimination Chamber, but it wasn't, like, the same as, like, fucking Trish getting to fight Charlotte Flair, you know? Like, there's definitely a... I don't even know if double standard would be the right word or phrase to use amongst women, or, like, the right word or phrase to use in general, but, like... There definitely is, like, some sort of standard when it comes to Trish as a Hall of Famer versus Lita as a Hall of Famer. Like, I loved seeing Trish for the nostalgic reasons, and, like, I love the line where she said, like, I can go from I'm retired to I was retired, but it's like, I wish Lita got the same level, you know? You know, but, um, there, they did make, uh, not they, Bianca did make points though. There really would be no, like, nobody in the ring during that segment would exist without Trish Stratus. So there were points made. Like, I'm not gonna knock or, like, water down Trish's legacy as a wrestler. I just wish Lita got the same treatment because they're both Hall of Famers. They both had historic careers both together and separately. It's just, I want to see Lita more. I I just want to see Lita more, you know? No harm in wanting to see your favorite childhood wrestler more. Uh, But yeah, there would... Like, everybody in the ring and even everybody in the match that happened after the segment. Like, the current WWE women's locker room would not exist without Trish Stratus. Or Lita, too, either. But, like, without Trish and Lita, there would be no WWE women's locker room right now. Um... But yeah, Alexa Bliss having new theme music threw me off because I feel like the last time I watched Raw again was when she was still in her goddess era. Like, I feel like I missed the whole Firefly Funhouse Alexa. But I remember, like, the goddess era. Heavily. Um. But... Judgment Day, I will admit, has been the most that I've seen and heard from Finn Balor. Like, when I was watching WWE from, like, 2016 to whenever the fuck I stopped recently, before Triple H was in charge, I saw Finn Balor total, like, five minutes. 
And now that he's been aligned with the Judgment Day, this is, like, the most I've seen him. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Because he, like, won the Universal title and disappeared. It's fucking crazy. Well, he was injured, but it's like he was also barely in cater Like, not... I was barely in catering. Like, he barely wrestled matches. He was always backstage. Barely had storylines, you know? Like, he was underutilized. And I forgot about his existence. Uh, but then Dolph Ziggler. Like, the fact that Dolph Ziggler is still fucking kicking blows my mind. Like, not even Dolph Ziggler, but, like, The Miz. Like, the fact that those they're considered veterans. Even Finn Balor is considered a veteran. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn... Kevin Owens, like, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha, like, everyone that was, like, a fucking rookie, fresh-faced on the main roster in 2016, 2017, are literally considered veterans now, and it blows my fucking mind. Like, The Miz and Dolph Ziggler are real veterans, because they were wrestling when I was watching in middle school. I'm 25, and they're still wrestling. Like, that... If those two aren't in the Hall of Fame, something's rigged. Um, but it was also fun watching that anti-vape commercial from um, AJ Styles and also Drew McIntyre. Watching those anti-vape PSAs while you're like blasted high out of your mind is fucking hilarious. Because you don't want to get those toxic metals in your lungs. You, you don't want that to be your long-term tag team partner. Um, back to the concept of Judgment Day, though. What is it? What do they do? Because I, I'm not getting much from what I've seen. Because normally, like, when you have a faction or, like, a tag team, they tell a story. You kind of get an idea of the gimmick and who they are and what they're bringing from, like, the first few times you see them, I don't get shit from Judgment Day. Like, I feel it was one of those one-off ideas that kind of branched off from Brood Edge resurfacing, but it the execution came out so terribly. It, it really did, because I don't get what Judgment Day is. But how, however long we gotta stick around with these motherfuckers, it, I guess it's only time will tell. And hopefully explain what Judgment Day is and what they do. Um, I also got very excited when I heard Kevin Owens' theme song because, it, one, it had been forever since I'd seen Kevin Owens, and two... Kevin Owens was the equivalent to CM Punk for me while CM Punk was retired, so I just got really giddy when I heard uh, Kevin Owens' music. And he's actually, I actually have a Kevin Owens Funko Pop. I have three wrestling Funko Pop. No, four wrestling Funko Pops. Now that I think about it, I've got Kevin, I've got Finn, speaking of Finn. Um,. Mick Foley and Becky Lynch when she won both the belts at WrestleMania. So, 
those are those are the f- moments and people, wrestlers, I hold dear to my heart. All right. Um. The concept of Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles as a tag team is something that they should continue for the long term. It should not have been a one-off thing if it was a one-off thing because I didn't watch the Raw before this one. But I feel like that's something that should be considered, like, you know, for the long term because I like that idea. I like that concept of them as a tag team. And then fucking Johnny Gargano fucking returning. That was big. That was major. Because I for sure thought he was going to AEW. But once I heard that theme song, I was like, God damn, alright, Jonathan Gargano. Here we are. But then, if Johnny Gargano's on Raw and Tommaso Ciampa... I feel like I'm not saying his name right, but if those two are on the same brand, can we please just get like an elevated version of what they did in NXT together? Like, that man does not need to be aligned with The Miz any longer now that Johnny Gargano is back. Like, please give me what I want. I would more, it seems like I would more likely get what I want from Hunter than I would from Tony Khan at this point. Because I can't even get a West Coast feed of Rampage or Dynamite anymore. But it's fine. I can't, you know, I can't even get a West Coast feed of Raw and SmackDown anymore. So you know what? Fuck the both of them. And one last note I want to make about, like, Judgment Day and Edge. Edge's entrance doesn't hit the same when he has, like, no hair. Like, he's got some hair, but, like, it hits different when he's got his long hair. You know? But SmackDown from this week as well. I I figured we would split it off by promotion because I tried to do, like, oh... Monday, Raw, Wednesday, Dynamite, and then Rampage and SmackDown because they're both on on Fridays. But it makes the most sense to talk about all the WWE at once and all the AEW at once. Um, so yeah. Ricochet and Happy Corbin was I. It was it was a match. It was an opening match, but it was it was I. I guess. Um, I'm loving this whole bum-ass Corbin thing. It's very hilarious to me. I'm loving it. Um, whatever they're doing with Hit Hit Row and Street Profits, I tried to say them at the same time. Um, whatever's going on there, really enjoyed the segment. I'm hoping that it leads to an actual match down the line. Though, I hope it's not like one of those... We're putting you guys together for comedic relief. Hope there's an actual match coming down the line after that. Um, I would like to also comment on whoever did the lighting for Seamus' entrance. Because when I tell you I could only see Seamus. Like, we already know how pale Seamus is. Like, we've known. 
for I don't know how many years. We don't need to put any more bright lights on him. Because when he walked out, he was the only thing I could see. Which, which I get is the point, but, like, we have to consider how pale he is. Um, but yeah, that was all I really wanted to say about SmackDown, because honestly, this week's SmackDown was kind of mid, um, but I was also really high throughout the duration of SmackDown, so, like, my memory of SmackDown was very, very, like, not that great, but it was also a very kind of mid episode. It seemed like a filler episode, considering that the pay-per-view is next week, but it was just one of those, like, really mid filler episodes, so... Uh, we'll see what the go-home episodes of everything was like. Um, But yeah, let's get into the AEW of it all. Because that dynamite from last week, what the fuck? So I absolutely dropped the mic at the end of that last segment. And it was better that it happened at the end than at the beginning. And I had to start over and like my whole train of thought would have been lost. And it just wouldn't have been fun. But, um... Yeah, whatever the fuck was going on on this episode of Dynamite, they just, they just said, beat me up, Scotty, I guess, or whatever the fuck they thought was a good idea this past week. Um, yeah, this Dynamite was fucking crazy, alright, like, I didn't go on social media at all, unfortunately, until the undisputed unification match and I like right they didn't even ring the bell yet and I saw that John Moxley won and I was like well fuck and I'm kind of glad that I saw John Moxley won before I watched that match because I would have been pissed if I went into that blind and saw that's how the match went because yeah and I will tell you like I was genuinely in emotional pain watching this episode because, like, if it wasn't the Daniel Garcia, Brian Danielson, and Chris Jericho segment, it was the undisputed AEW World Championship match and then even Thunder Rosa fucking relinquishing the title due to injury and then Motor Shitty Machine Guns showing up as Jay Lethal's partners against FTR and Wardlow, like, what the, there was a lot going on this week, like, everybody needed therapy this week, and it's fine, it's fine, um, but, two things that I want to reiterate that I saw on social media, Regarding Daniel Garcia. 100% Daniel Garcia is for the bad bitches. And Daniel Garcia is allowed at the cookout. Honorable mention to Ricky Starks. Because Ricky Starks is black. He's already at the cookout. But I've never seen anyone say Ricky Starks is is for the bad bitches. And I think Ricky Starks is for the bad bitches as well as Daniel Garcia. So. Um. Yeah. 
But one thing I also wanted to say about Daniel Garcia, I wanted to make a point. Because when he said, he made that comment, that point about how he was in the ring with Brian Danielson for like 30 minutes in a two out of three falls match at 23 years old. Like, yeah, he's sharing the ring with his hero. Like, he absolutely earned the title of pro wrestler after that match with Brian Danielson. But if we're really thinking about it, dude has been in a program with Chris Jericho for damn near half a year now? I don't know. How long has the Jericho Appreciation Society been a thing? Like, he's been aligned with Chris Jericho for however long. And if you really think about it, there would be no Chris Jericho, nor would there be a Brian Danielson. Wait, no. There would be no Daniel Garcia, nor would there there be... Uh, Brian Danielson without Chris Jericho. That was going to come out all wrong. But you kind of knew where I was going with that. Like the fact that at 23, Daniel Garcia is hanging 30 minutes in the ring with Brian Danielson and in a whole ass fucking storyline with Chris Jericho, knowing that there would be no fucking AEW locker room without Chris Jericho for being realistic as well, too. Like that's fucking mind-blowing like I tell you motherfuckers to stop sleeping on Daniel Garcia stop fucking sleeping on Daniel Garcia cuz shit like that um but yeah no that segment was straight fucking um storytelling because like the that it was all there the build-up, the climax, the tension, the exposition, the build-up, the climax, the... was it before the ending, after the climax, the resolution? Then the ending? Yeah, no, it was all there. It was 10 out of 10 storytelling right there. Um... I don't want to say any more about the undisputed title match than I already have because there's really nothing more to be said and I feel like the only reason the match ended or happened the way that it did is so that it could eventually happen at the pay-per-view. Like, it was inevitable that it was going to happen at the pay-per-view regardless. Like, even even if they put it in the middle of the week why wouldn't they have it in the pay-per-view? Like, that was already suspicious to me that they moved it to the middle of the week. Because, like, again, why would you not have it at the pay-per-view? Like, let's be real. Let's be fucking real. Um. But if we're also going to talk about more veterans... Remember how I said Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns? John Moxley even now? Jake Hager, remember Jack Swagger? Hello. Like, even Ruby Soho was considered a veteran now. Like, remember when the Riot Squad had just shown up? Now she's in AEW doing her thing? Veteran. I would even... Cons- I-, I wouldn't say Liv Morgan is a veteran just yet. Just because she won the title. But, like, she's working her way up there. 
yeah, it's just it, time blows my mind. Um, one thing I did want to say about the women's title match, even though I do want Jamie Hader to win, I just wanted to know if we just didn't have any other contenders for the fatal four way for the title. Like, does it have to be the same? people every time like do we not have a whole roster of women who haven't gotten a title shot before either um but that's just me um but yeah the trios tournaments and why i'm actually boo boo the fool and not even expecting house of black to fucking lose was i expecting miro to come out and distract everybody during rampage no i really thought house of black and the elite were going to go at it in the finals but i definitely feel like Okay, hear me out. Because this, this is... Another tangent is starting to brew. It was about to be a moment of silence because a tangent is brewing. But, like, remember when the Young Bucks asked Hangman to be his their third and he was like, no. And then Kenny Omega came back from injury and he ended up being the Young Bucks third. I feel like something's going to happen to where the Dark Order are going to have to have Hangman as their third. And it's just going to be even more long-form storytelling with... Hangman and Kenny, since Kenny lost his title to Hangman before he left on injury. But that's just me. I'm also kind of hoping that it's best friends in the Elite for the Trios tournament because this is the most I've seen best friends. And I really love to see them go after the titles and have some sort of opportunity like this. Um, and if one thing I did want to ask because I saw it on Twitter and I wanted to just reiterate the question um if Punk and Moxley undisputed AEW World Championship biggest match of AEW history why no main event why no main event even though the main event of Dynamite was fucking crazy why didn't that match main event Dynamite um my dream finals for this trio turn trios tournament is actually best friends and Aussie Open, but with Kenny Omega being back, you know it's about to be the elite in the finals. Versus either Best Friends or the Dark Order. Either way. I like it. But yeah, no, that main event was fucking crazy. And then even fucking the promo Kenny cut on Will Ospreay after Dynamite went off the air. I was kind of, oof. Yikes. Um, and then Rampage this week was okay. Like, I, I saw the spoilers before I watched the episode. So it was kind of like, hey, I'm kind of watching this knowing what's happening, what's going on. But um, I still enjoyed it. Like, I'm... I'm giving rampage a chance like actually watching claudio and dustin Rhodes go at it was i feel like that was my favorite match of the episode i do love that we are again getting athena and jade for the title at all out um
Yeah, that, I don't really remember Rampage, even though I just watched it. But then again, Stoner Brain hit, and much like Stoner Brain, we have hit the end of the episode. Thank you guys for tuning in for yet another week. Um, remember, if you want to, you can provide monthly donations of a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars to support the podcast. Um, we are also on Anchor. Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon podcasts, so you can listen on more than one platform, whatever platform floats your boat. Uh, Merch is coming. I'm just making sure that it's right before I put it out, because I don't want to put out some fucked up shit and get in trouble and have a whole fiasco on my hands that I'm unequipped to handle, so patience is a virtue, and patience is key, so... We're working on it. Um, I can't think of anything else to add. But, um, I, oh yeah, again, we won't, there won't be an episode next week because I will be out of town. So expect an episode in like the next two Sundays. Because I need time to catch come back and recuperate from being out of town and I also need time to catch up on everything so give me like two and a half weeks and we'll be on it all right thank you guys for the support like I just I never really know what to say because I didn't think I would make it this far with the podcast so all I can really say is thank you guys for the support thank you guys for listening thank you guys for sharing like Even if it's a small audience, the small audience that I do have, I'm just in disbelief that I even have an audience, let alone that I've made it this far. But, you know, a little bit goes a long way. Thank you guys again. I'm gonna go eat some fucking ice cream, because I remembered that I have some.